Okay, so today we're looking at the promise of the Holy Spirit. And at the end of this, we're going to do a little quiz to see uh, how much of this we've taken on board, not just for you guys, but also uh, for the adults. But firstly, what is a promise? What is a promise? Charlie, your hand went straight up. Yeah, that's right. A promise is... And they never break us. That's something that you tell someone that you'll do. So a promise is when we say we're going to do something and we do it, right? Who's, who's ever made a promise? Put your hand up if you've ever made a promise. Angus, what was it? What promise did you make? Sorry? You promised your mum you were going to get her something on Mother's Day. Did you keep your promise? Excellent. Who, who else has made a promise before? What promise did you make, Harry? Can you remember? I'll give you a, I'll give you a minute to think. Phoebe. You promised one of your friends at school that you would play with them. And did you keep your... And you kept your promise. Fantastic. Okay. Well, that's brilliant. But do you know that God makes promises? In the first part of the Bible, the Old Testament, God makes loads of promises. And when God walked on the earth in the person of Jesus, he made promises then too. And this morning, we're going to learn about a very important promise that Jesus made to his disciples. But first, we need to work out where we are in the story. And we're going to have a bit of fun with this. So we're going to draw some of the scenes from the Jesus story. And you guys are going to draw some. And the adults are going to draw some. And the way this is going to work, we're going to have two people drawing a scene at the same time, an adult and a child. And the adult and the child are going to race to see who can draw this scene the quickest. All the adults are kind of looking down. They don't want to make eye contact now. Obviously, you're going to have maximum one minute to draw this, so it could be very simple. Just stick people and really simple uh, drawings. Who thinks they can do that? Okay. I noticed all the hands that went up were children. <laughs> Who thinks they might be able to do that? Adults? Oh, dear. Well, I'll tell you what. Give more. Have you grabbed one of these tables? So, what we're going to do... I'm going to have no trouble getting volunteers from the group in front of me. Okay, so first one, Eddie, you're going to you're going to come up to here. Okay, so if you just just have that one on top, and who's going to volunteer first from the adults? I've got Tissa going like this over Mary. Mary, do you actually want to volunteer? <laughs> come on, then, Mary. Okay, so Mary, you're going to be drawing uh, the scene in the Garden of Gethsemane. So Jesus went there to pray, didn't he? And he was very fearful. He knew what was going to happen. The disciples were supposed to be keeping watch, but they fell asleep. You're going to draw all that in a minute. No, just sort of basically somehow think of how to depict that. And Eddie, you're going to be drawing the empty tomb. Okay, so remember uh, when they found the tomb empty on the first day of the week, three days after the crucifixion, 
yeah, Easter, and the, there was a, an angel there. The women went to the tomb, and then later on, Peter and John rushed to the tomb. So any, but the empty tomb. Okay, so you've got a maximum of one minute. It's got to be very quick. The, in the garden, garden, the garden of Gethsemane. So Jesus praying, and maybe there's disciples sleeping. Just stick people is fine. You ready? Steady, go. So we're going to build up the scene, and then we're going to put it all in the right order a little bit later. Okay, Eddie's off to a good start, knows exactly what he's drawing. Fantastic. And that dark, that's a dark area in the tomb. Okay, tell me when you're finished because it's a you have you you're done. Eddie's done. How are you doing? How are you doing, Mary? Okay, hold hold up your uh, pictures. You might might have to use your imagination a little bit with these. Um <laughs> But they're written on as well. So I, I reckon I can see what's going on here. We've got the uh, stone where Jesus lay. Are these his grey gray clothes? Yeah. And that's a, the stone that's rolled back. Yeah. I can see that, Mary. And, and that shows that it's dark inside. Excellent, Eddie. I, I've got that. Mary, do you want to stand You can stand up with I'm not a good drawer. No. <laughs> Okay, do you want to explain? I'm guessing this is Jesus and these are the disciples. Disciples, yes, and um, that's a a grass, like a garden. Okay, fantastic. Okay, well, that's good, Mary. That's excellent. I think that's, um, we'll put that there. We're going to hold these up in a minute. Eddie, you put that down there. You see, you see, you don't have to be uh, an artist to come up and have a go. So the next... The next scene, and Anyang, you look super keen. So you come up here, and who have we got adult-wise? Who can who could do this? Katie is going to come up. Katie, fantastic. We need to keep this in balance. So men, I'm going to start pinging you the next uh, next go. So Katie, you're going to be uh, depicting Jesus spending time with his disciples after the resurrection but let me give you a few ideas so Jesus met two disciples on the road to Emmaus and walked alongside them so that's one scene you could do or uh, Jesus appeared to the disciples and uh, Thomas was there and Jesus showed that his, he had the holes in his hand and in his, uh, the wound in his side that's another scene or Jesus met the disciples on the beach and Peter jumped into the sea and Jesus had a little fire going and cooked some fish so a few ideas there you don't have to do all that just uh, any, any one of them, just give, giving you a few ideas. And Anyang, you are going to draw Jesus entering Jerusalem on a donkey. Okay, I, I practiced this actually. I, I, um, I thought, can you really draw this in a minute? So I had a practice and I drew Jesus going into Jerusalem on what looked like a giant rat. <laughs> so let's see if you can do better than that. Okay, you ready? Steady, go. Oh, I can see where you're going with that, Anyang. That's looking good. Yeah. 
Okay, I can see where Katie's going with that. She's going with uh, Jesus appearing to the disciples, showing them the wounds in his hands. I think Thomas is there looking on. Got a very, very detailed donkey here. That's excellent. And they were waving palm branches. And okay, that's excellent. Anyang? Okay, and you've got Jerusalem there. That's detailed. That's good. Do you know? Do you know what? I think I, th- I think I could probably stop you about there. That's that. I can I can see exactly what's going on. Good. So hold those up. Hold those up. Do you know what we d- we d- we should have done this last time. So this round of applause is also going to be for Eddie and Mary uh, because we should have done that the first time. But yes, here they are. Okay. So that's 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 pretty clear. We can see what's going on there. Why doesn't Thomas look very happy? Because he's doubting. Oh, he's doubting. He's been proven wrong. Oh, and he's been proven wrong. Exactly. Okay, fantastic. Okay, have a seat. We got two more. We got two more rounds of this, and then we're gonna we're gonna hold these up. So the next the next one. Look, everyone wants to volunteer. Jenny, why don't you come up? You can go here. And who have we got? Neil, you, you you're looking directly at me. I reckon you're up for this, really. The men are far too cool to put their hands up, but if they want to do it, they just look directly at me, and I know uh, that they'll, they'll do it. Okay, they, we got you the wrong way around, so you need to go that side. So swap over, swap over, swap over. So, Neil, you're going to be uh, drawing the ascension. So Jesus met his disciples on a hill, and then he ascended into heaven. And, Jenny, you're going to be drawing the crucifixion, so Jesus on the cross, Okay. That's easy. Okay, good. And, and Neil's cheating. He started already. So off you go. Yeah. <laughs> off you go. He's getting... <laughs> Jesus. So it looks, it looks like uh, from Neil's drawing that Jesus met his disciples on Mount Everest. <laughs> but that's okay. We've got, we, we got the idea. Got the clouds. You're done. Okay, fantastic. That's... We can see exactly what that is. Well done. I'm going to give Neil a few more. Oh, Neil, you've done this before. (laughs) Okay, Neil, the clock's ticking. That's excellent. I reckon. I reckon. I reckon that'll do you. Okay, and the, and the disciples at the at the foot of the cross are the guards. Okay, they're the Roman soldiers. Okay, fantastic. Hold them up. Hold them up. We've nearly got this scene completed, and a round of applause for them. Okay. Well done, Neil. And the last one. Who's gonna do it? Go on, Isabel. Go on. Up, up you go. And there'll be chances to do other stuff as well. And another adult, Philip. He has got his hand up. Okay, come on, Philip. Okay, so Philip, you're going to be drawing either Jesus arrested or put on trial. So could be could be in the Garden of Gethsemane. The mob with clubs and 
swords, or it could be Jesus stood before Pontius Pilate, something like that. And Isabel, you're going to draw the Last Supper. Jesus and his 12 disciples sat around a table and said, basically, how quick can you draw 13 stick people, stick men? <laughs> okay. And away you go. Interestingly, I think each time the children have been the quickest, the quickest artists in this. What do you think? Oh, yes. Okay, bit of a... bit of a surrealist Salvador Dali thing going on over here. Good, they come to arrest Jesus. And Okay, last few seconds. I wonder how many smiley faces you can get on those people in that time. Okay, and that'll do you. So hold those up, hold those up. Excellent. Hold those up. Brilliant. We can see exactly what's going on there. If, if you turn around, Philip. But this, this, this is good because the, the scene in the Garden of Gethsemane was a bit confused, wasn't it? And we got Jesus pointed out there, the mob. We, we got it. We got it. It's all there. Is that 13 people around that table? Excellent. Which one's Jesus? At the head of the table. Fantastic. Okay. What we need then is, I'll tell you what, Philip, you stay there and hold one of those up. Can I have uh, somebody holding up each of these like this? So, Isabel, you can hold your one up. Okay. So let's have some people we haven't had before. If you come up, you guys, all three of you, come up. So give them all, give you some. And Anyang, uh, sorry, Angus and Annabelle. And... Tawana, would you move this table out to the side? So hold them up nice and high. So have we got them all? One more? One more person? Caleb? Oh, Harry, have you got this? I'll tell you what, you hold one side and Caleb will hold the other. Oh, there we go. In fact, Caleb's coming up, so Caleb, hold that there. And right, so now we've got to put this in the right order. So you guys, you guys, you're going to tell me which, which thing comes first. So the very first thing of all these needs to come right down this end. Charlotte, which is it? In the garden? No, it's not in the garden. I'll give you a clue. This, um, all of this starts in Jerusalem. So what's got to go on there first? Taropa? Jesus enters Jerusalem. So, Anyang, run up this end. Everyone else, step down that way. Step down that way. There you go. And the next thing. So, hold it up. So, Jesus has entered Jerusalem. Then what's going to happen? What's going to happen next? So, Jesus entered Jerusalem. Then what happens next, Phoebe? Do you know? Um, He what? He found some people. And... Help, help her out to Ropa because you're nearly there. No, that's after the resurrection. So after the resurrection, Charlie, any of those? 
No, the next one is going to be the Last Supper. Okay, so you run down there, and you, everyone move down one. So come in here, come in here. That's it, quiz you can. Next thing, after the Last Supper, Jesus and his disciples went somewhere. Where did they go? Jesus went to pray. Jenny. The garden. Okay, excellent. So Harry and Philip, if you... If you come over here, you just step around them, Caleb. So you go over there. So after the, oh look, we've got it, we got it in order. So after the garden, we've got Jesus arrested and put on trial. What happened after Jesus was arrested and put on trial? Anyone, Phoebe? Okay, he go, he went on the cross. Okay, he was crucified. So there you go, Archie in there. Come down here, Angus. And then what happened? What happened after the crucifixion? He did ascend to heaven, but there's something before that, Charlie. Yeah, but after the cross, there's the... The empty tomb. Okay, so here we go. And then, let me finish it. Okay. Okay, here we go. Here we go. There we go. Excellent. So, hold that up. So, we got it all. Now, we've got a promise that we have to fit in here somewhere. So, Jesus made lots of promises... And there's probably a few places this could go, but this is a particular promise. There's only one place. So, Jenny, run up and show me where you think the promise goes. Just put your hand in where you think it goes. Well, that's a good, that's a good one because Jesus did make promises during the Last Supper, uh, but that's not this particular promise. Uh, what do you reckon, Taropa? Run up, put your hand in where you think the promise goes. Here, okay, we're well, just before he, so you hold the promise up. Excellent. Excellent. So we got the story. So hold, hold that up so we can see it. Jesus enters Jerusalem on, uh, on a donkey. Then they have the Last Supper. Jesus and his disciples go to the garden. The mob comes with swords and clubs and arrest Jesus in the garden. And then, uh, oh, hang on, where's it? And then they put him on trial. And then we got the crucifixion. Three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. The tomb was empty. Jesus spent 40 days uh, appearing to his disciples at different times. And then he made a, a really important promise. And then he ascended to heaven to go to be with his father. So if you put those down at one end and sit down, and we'll carry on. Well done, guys. Give them a round of applause. That went surprisingly well. I thought it might be total chaos, but we got there. (laughs) So the last time that Jesus was with his disciples, he made a really important promise, a wonderful promise. And it's a promise that God made long ago through the prophets. So hundreds of years before, before Jesus, God promised to send his Holy Spirit on all people. And then at the Last Supper, Jesus promised his disciples that he would ask his Father to send the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, who would live in them. And now, just before Jesus leaves his disciples to go to be with his Father in heaven, he says this, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is promising each one that they'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
that they'll be that they'll receive the Holy Spirit. But who is the Holy Spirit? So when we talk when we talk about God, we know there's only one God, but we talk about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So is the Father the Holy Spirit? So no, try that again. Is the Father God? You can shout out. Is the Father God? Yeah. Is the Son, is Jesus God? Yes. So try that again. Is Jesus God? Yes. Is the Holy Spirit God? Yes. Okay, it's really important to understand that. So there's only one God, but the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all God. So if Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would come to live in the disciples, he's actually promising that God will come to live in the disciples. And that's really exciting, isn't it? Now, you know, in ancient Israel, uh, they made a huge temple for God to live in. And they, that, and that's pretty much exactly what it would have looked like. That's a model. Um, and they kind of knew that God doesn't literally live in a temple in the same way that we live in our houses. Uh, and, and, and even in the, uh, in the book of Isaiah, it says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Uh, this is God speaking. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. So God is saying, I made everything. How are you going to build a house for me to live in? But nevertheless, God allowed his people to build the temple. And that was the special place where God met with his people. And Jesus was saying, you know that temple you made all those years ago? He said, you don't need that anymore. Uh, you don't need it because God will come uh, to live in his people. God will come close to his people in a much more special way. God will come to live in his people. Uh, God will come to live in the church. The people of God is the new temple. So you see uh, that, that old temple that was made of bricks and stones, that always was pointing forward to the new temple, which is when God will come to live in his people. And the wonderful thing is this promise of the Holy Spirit, this promise of God coming to live within us is not just for the disciples, but it's for us too. So how can we know that Jesus was telling the truth? Because uh, people say all kinds of things, but we don't always know that they're telling the truth, do we? So I mean, I've seen lots of adverts and I look at the claims that they make and I, I sometimes think, well, is that, is that really true? I wanted to see what you think of these adverts. So we go to the next one. No fail cake mix. Just follow the instructions and you'll have a cake like this. Is that absolutely true, do you think? What do you think? Why not? Why not? Why do, what do you think, Jenny? Why is that not true? Because sometimes people burn cakes. Sometimes people burn cakes. And, and what, sorry? Sometimes people accidentally mix the colors together. And sometimes people don't have the right things for the cake. Okay, good. Saropa? It's 
Whenever you mix the white with the red, it turns to pink. Okay, it sounds like you've had a go at that. I bet there are people in here that could make a cake like that. But I know, I know that if I use no-fail cake mix, I definitely wouldn't produce a cake like that, not in a million years. So uh, what about the next one? Caribbean cruise. Spend five days cruising the Caribbean and all your problems will disappear. Is that true? I can see a few of the adults going, hmm, yes, maybe. But is it true? Why not? Pardon? Because when you come back, the problems will still be there. And if you go to the Caribbean from here and you just spend five days, you'll spend your whole time jet lagged as well. Okay, so the, the next one. Exam hack. Partial exams without studying. We guarantee success. Is that true? For Angus? Why is that not true? Yeah, so you, yeah, you wouldn't pass if you didn't study. You'd like it to be true, of course, uh, but it's not true. Um, so we, we're not that off. We, we, uh, we hear promises all the time, but they're not always true. How can we trust Jesus's promise of the Holy Spirit? Well, let's say, I say to you, I, let's say I promise you, you can all have, providing your parents are okay with it, you can all have a lolly after the service. Okay. Do you believe me? You know. Okay. So you're not sure whether you can believe me. Okay. What, what would make you believe that my promise is true? Let, let me, let me help you out with this. So would it make a difference or does it make a difference that you know me? Does that make a difference? Why not? Go on, Taropa. It doesn't mean that if we know you, that you have that it's true. Because you might just not have the words and say that you were against the one. Okay, just because you know me, it might not be true. But generally, oh dear, I was was hoping that you might believe me. (laughs) See, because, okay, maybe not in this case, but often... You know, when you know someone, if you know them well and you know uh, that they're a trustworthy person, then if they say something like that, you might believe them. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You're going to take a, you have a tough audience today. You're going to take a bit of convincing. But I think generally, if you know someone and you know that they're a trustworthy person, and obviously I'm a, I'm, you're not sure about me and that's fine. You know, maybe I'm trustworthy. Maybe I've got lollies. Maybe I haven't. Uh, but generally, if we know someone really well and they're trustworthy, uh, then we trust them. C- can we know Jesus? Yeah. Absolutely. We can know Jesus. And the more we get to know Jesus, the more we realize that we can trust him. Uh, so the, the next thing, what if I'd made promises in the past and I'd kept them? So what if before I'd said you can have a lolly after the service and you'd got a lolly after the service? Would that, would that change anything? No. Okay. What? The trust, okay, Charlie's, we're moving in the right direction, because Charlie said the trust would be a bit higher. Okay. <laughs> Good. Which, which is, which is great, because, um, you know, you would then know from experience, you'd know from experience that I was a, someone that kept my promises, wouldn't you? 
So that, so the trust would be a bit higher. And we can see right the way through the Bible that God keeps his promises. God promised to send Jesus and he did. Uh, Jesus uh, promised that after three days he would rise to new life. And that's what happened. And if someone promises that they're going to rise from the dead and they do, then you can be pretty sure that you can trust all of their promises. And finally, okay, finally, I'm hoping this will do it. What if I showed you this jar of lollies? Okay, what, what if I showed you this jar of lollies? Does, hang on, does that make you believe that after the service I will give you all a lolly? Yeah, I'll see you're convinced now. You're convinced. Okay. Okay, so that... So you believe me now because you've seen evidence that I do actually have this thing that I've promised to give you, right? And next week, we're going to be hearing about the disciples on the day of Pentecost when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's evidence that God has the Holy Spirit to give us. And not only that, but we know so many people whose lives have been changed and transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's more evidence that God does have the Holy Spirit to give us. So Jesus promised his disciples that God would come to live in them by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he makes that promise to us as well. And we can trust that promise. Um, we kind of got there in the end. But you've seen enough now that you, you do trust the promise I made. And we can trust the promise that Jesus made. But why does God send us the Holy Spirit? Why does Jesus send us his Holy Spirit? Well, our reading today began with these words. It says, in my last book, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven. You see, there was a man called Luke. And he wrote the gospel of Luke. He wrote about Jesus' birth and his life and his death and his resurrection. And he wrote about all the things that Jesus began to do and teach. And Luke also wrote the book of Acts that we're reading from today. And the book of Acts is all about the early church, the first Christians. But more than anything, it's all about what Jesus continues to do and teach. Not in person because Jesus went to be with his father in heaven, but through his people, through the church, through his followers, through his disciples, through us. You see, Jesus continues to do things in the world. Jesus continues to teach people. Jesus continues to make himself known in the world, and he does it through his people. He does it through the church. He does it through us. But we can't do this work on our own. Telling the good news about Jesus, telling the good news about Jesus and doing the things that Jesus wants us to do is actually a difficult and even, depending on where you live in the world, a dangerous thing to do. And to do it properly, we have to change. Our hearts have to change and our lives have to change. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit, because without the Holy Spirit, it can't bring about that change. And Jesus makes this promise. He said, if we put our trust in him, we will be filled with the Holy Spirit, and we can go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm going to show you uh, a bit of a, a demonstration of what that could mean. So, so Jesus says, we're 
to be filled with the Holy Spirit and the the verb tense that's used is the present continuous, so it means going, go, go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. So I want you to imagine that this glass is a person, and this water is the Holy Spirit. And often in the Bible, water is used to, um, to represent the Holy Spirit. So here's this person, and they put their hope and trust in Jesus. So what's happening? They're being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, is this person now full of the Holy Spirit? They're filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's what Jesus said, that God will fill us with the Holy Spirit. But what if they ask to keep on being filled by the Holy Spirit? What's going to happen? What if? What's going to happen? It's going to overflow. It's going to come bubbling out over the top, isn't it? If you go on being filled, it just overflows. And actually, that's what we want as Christians. We want to be... Yeah, we want it, that's full and it's overflowing. And that's what we want as Christians, because not only will the Holy Spirit uh, bring that change and transformation to our own lives, but the Spirit of God will begin to change lives and situations and change the world around us as well. And when people see us, they'll be able to see something of God in us because we're filled with the Holy Spirit, even to the point of overflowing. And that's what it means to go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. This is really exciting, isn't it? This is exciting stuff. Shall we ask now, shall we pray that God will fill us with his Holy Spirit? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all that you've done for us, for the fact that you love us, you've died for us, and you want us to be changed and transformed to be more like you. And you do that through your Spirit. And so we pray now that you will fill us with your Holy Spirit and keep on filling us with our Holy Spirit, with your, with your Spirit, that we might go into the world and continue to do and teach the things that Jesus started to do and teach. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the book of Acts that Luke wrote, it really doesn't have an ending because the book of Acts is all about what Jesus continues to do and teach. And that continues all the way to this day. And we are part of that story. It's actually very, very exciting. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all that you've done in our lives. We thank you that you fill us with your spirit and we pray that we'll be uh, wanting to go on being filled with your spirit, that you might use us, work in us and through us to change uh, people's lives, situations and the world around us. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.